Hi everybody, this is Clayton for GCFLearnFree.org, and this is a podcast in our series on happiness in the workplace. For today's episode, we're going to talk about how working an unpleasant job, which makes little use of your talent and skills, may lead you to figuring out what you want to do with your life, or at least what you don't want to do with your life. Here in the recording booth today is Todd, GCF Learn Free's video content producer. Thanks for being here, Todd. Nice to be here. And just so people kind of know what you do, what's your most recent work people can find on the site? The majority of what I do is actually animation, so I pretty much will animate the different lessons, particularly things that are more abstract concepts that don't lend themselves to screencasts. So I've been doing a lot of math stuff. Mm-hmm. I guess some of the recent ones I've done, I did a series on negative numbers. I did mm-hmm. a video about multiplying and dividing exponents. And then I, my, my most recent one was, what is a URL? Mm-hmm. Kind of explain the different parts of a URL. What's been the most difficult time in your career? When I first graduated from college, now I had a degree in English and philosophy, which you can guess the number of career opportunities I had at that time. But I moved to Raleigh. I moved here, got an apartment. And it sounds crazy to say it now, but I pretty much had about two weeks where I need to get a job and wanted to be at pay rent. So I got this job reading electric meters, which is, this was 2003. So then you would physically walk up to each meter and I would read it and key it into like a little handheld computer. At people's homes and businesses yes, and yeah. stuff. Okay. So yeah, I would just be walking through, you know, going into people's backyards. And I mean, I had like, you know, an official uniform and a hat and stuff. Mm-hmm. So nobody really questioned what I was doing in their backyard. But yeah. yeah, that was the job that I had. It had nothing to do with the previous four years of my life. Mm-hmm. And it didn't rely on any specific skills or talents that I had. Mm-hmm. It was just I needed a job because I needed to make money. Sure. So what made that job difficult? Well, there was a number of things. So since you're actually physically reading the meters, you're spending the majority of your time walking outside. This is in Raleigh, North Carolina. And I started this job in, I guess, in June. Mm-hmm. And so it can, it's very hot here. With the heat index, it's, you know, the humidity gets really high. So it's just a very physically demanding job. Mm-hmm. And as a result... A lot of people did not want to work this job. It didn't matter how many people were actually currently working. The same number of electric meters had to be read. We just work a lot of overtime. So I was working probably 12-hour days a lot of times during the week. Occasionally, there were sat- Saturdays involved. And I mean, at the time, I probably wasn't aware of it, or I didn't put it together that the pressure was coming from a lot higher because mm-hmm. I was just getting it directly from the bosses. But there was... They, they always seem to be kind of stressed about this. So there wasn't much understanding about how much we were working or anything. It was just like, we have to get this done. Get out there and get this done. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you were sick, their response was not like, okay, well, get well. We want you at 100%. Their main concern was, how are we going to get these They wanted you to right? go. They wanted yeah. you to move. Yeah. So it was like, are you sure you can't come in for a little while type thing? Mm-hmm. And you were spending, you know, you're doing 12 hours a day, something like this. I was going in at 7 a.m., you know, getting off at 7, so by the time I got back home, mm-hmm. it'd be 7.30. That's almost all of your day, and you're exhausted from walking on the heat all day. So yeah. during the week, a lot of those weeks, your life isn't a whole lot outside of this job that doesn't really mean anything to you. Mm-hmm. Your time with this job, how long were you there? So I was there just over a year. So I got there, I started in June, and I quit probably like the end of June, early July of the next year. Mm-hmm. 
And were there any particular moments that stand out in your memory that were just particularly miserable or just got under your skin, anything like that? I'm sure at the time there might have been specific moments or specific things that were said, mm-hmm. but it was more just this sense that we were never doing enough and I was giving all of my time to this. I mean, something I've kind of seen as I've gone on working a job. This is my first job. This mm-hmm. is That's important to know. Mm-hmm. So I'd never worked like a full-time job that wasn't like something I was doing until I returned back to school. Yeah. So this is my first like full-time, I guess you could say professional job. So I didn't know this, but it was like the way that the management kind of passed along their stress to us, it's something that you don't see in better managers mm. because they could, I mean, little things like they had say brought in donuts one morning and been like, you know, I know we're working long hours. Here's just a little something. Yeah. You know, I, I'm glad you, we really appreciate all the work you're putting in. That probably would have changed the whole experience Just that, that small gesture. Yeah, just to know that they were aware of it. But it was this feeling that they weren't even aware of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're 23 years old. When it's 100 degrees out in the middle yeah, of North or, Carolina summer. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it starts. You have a day where it's just like torrential downpour. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, an umbrella's not doing a whole lot. You're just soaking wet. You're walking around, you know, in soggy shoes. In regards to all these problems, did you ever try to fix anything? Did you ever try to remedy an issue? Or was there anything that you could do? I didn't. I'm not someone who has ever, you know, especially when I was younger, really did well with confrontation, which is also maybe a really good worker because I didn't like to be criticized. Mm -hmm. Even at my angriest at this job, I would still be out there doing the job at a very just relentless level, you know, just walking through. It wasn't like I just kind of was screwing off. Yeah. Because, I mean, there was other people who came and went who would just kind of take, like, these two-hour breaks and stuff. And, you know, and I mean, I couldn't even consider that. Yeah. So... You got meters to read. Yeah. This is my job. This is what they're paying me for. I don't want them to be angry with me. Yeah. But, no, I never really said anything. I mean, it probably wouldn't have mattered because, I mean, this stuff had to be done. Mm -hmm. And it's like... Saying, you know, I'm tired of working these long hours. I'd like to have some time to myself outside of this job. They would have been like, yes, yeah, so would I. Because these managers, the, the, the managers were working this job the same hours I was. Even mm-hmm. if they weren't necessarily out there, all of them out there reading, they were still at work for 12 hours. So this was their life too. Yeah. Again, at the time, you don't really see that. Now, I don't, I don't know if there's anything I could have done to really address my grievances Mm -hmm. that would have resulted in any positive change, but I definitely did not even consider trying to do anything like that. Yeah. So during those days, especially on those hot, muggy North Carolina summer mornings, what got you out of bed? That was my job. Had to make money. Mm -hmm. You know, I had rent. I mean, there was nothing like... I'd wake up and be like, I'm not going into work today. That was was never a consideration. It's like, what was I going to do then? Mm -hmm. Not have a job? I was, I had an apartment, I needed food, car insurance, gas. I mean, all those things that you just need to live. And also, I was getting up at like 6, 6.30. I've always been someone that's been good about alarm goes off and get up right away. But when it's that early and you're just kind of like, kind of bone tired, you just kind of do it. You just go through it. You don't really think much about it. I mean, you're not excited about the day, but you're not like, today's the day. I'm just not going to go in. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, that was, I'm sure I never even considered like just not going in. Mm -hmm. I know you just said this is your first real job out of college. 
What did you expect your career to look like at that point in your life? That's a good question. And probably part of the reason why I ended up doing this job is I had no idea. Mm. The things I was really interested in at the time, I was doing a lot of writing, but not even like writing that makes marginal amounts of money, like the possibility of trying to write a novel. No, I'm talking like short stories and poetry. So there was no like income-based goals I had at the time, like as far as a career. So you were still just trying to figure it out, your your professional direction. Yeah, because as I said, you know, I tend to get pretty obsessive and get really into things and get pretty passionate about things. But with my career at that time, I just couldn't figure out what that was. Yeah. And so especially with that job being at the beginning of your career, how did that job change you as a person? Did it instill any sort of value or perspective that you still kind of draw from now? After that job, like the next thing, I got a job working at Sharper Image in the mall. Then I also got this part-time job as a library assistant at the local public library. Mm -hmm. This was the first job where I was given some form of creative freedom. I've seen other people, because I worked in the libraries for quite a while, I saw other people come into the same job, especially people that kind of had it more right away, Mm -hmm. that seemed to have more grievances with things. At the time, I was just elated. Because I never considered the fact, well, I knew that these jobs existed. There were jobs where people did things that were creatively satisfying to them. You know, there Mm -hmm. were people creating movies. There were people, you know, everything that all the media I take in is being created by someone. But that always seemed like a distant unreality to me. It comes from a different planet. Yeah, yeah. Like that's not something I could do. Yeah. So, you know, and it was just, I guess I'd almost... Up until that point, maybe I'd almost just kind of been like, you know what? Work is just work. You go to work. You earn the money. You don't necessarily enjoy it. Just get through it. And mm-hmm. then I had this job where suddenly I was given, you know, a little bit of creative freedom. You know, I was creating book lists. I was creating displays. I was getting to do little programs. Mm-hmm. I was being asked for help on, like, a wide range of topics. Mm-hmm. It was just amazing. And, you know, the whole time you're like, all right, don't do anything stupid. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I guess it kind of just helped me to realize how important it was for me to have a job that I find intellectually and creatively satisfying Mm -hmm. and knowing what I don't want. Yeah. And even when you got that new job at the library, you still had bad days, I assume. Like, not every day was sunshine and rainbows. No, no. and So the, the, the point I'm trying to get at is that even though you've you've started getting somewhere where you want to be, it's not just all of your problems go away. No, well, of course not. Whenever you have a job, someone is paying you to do a service. So you are somewhat accountable to them. And their main, you know, their main objective is not to make sure that you are just gleefully happy mm-hmm. every moment of the day. Yeah. You know, they ha- they're, they're, there's just work that has to be done. I'm sure there was plenty of things where... We need you to spend three hours checking books in or, you know, I'm working the circulation desk, which is where, you know, people go to check books out Mm -hmm. and someone just gets really angry and starts yelling at you because they have fines or because something on their account doesn't match up. Yeah. So, I mean, there was bad days. How do you deal with unhappiness now, professionally? You know, it probably has changed some. I'm more likely to maybe say something, but... It has to be something specific. Like, I, I, 
I couldn't, I still couldn't see myself going to like a manager and be like, you know what? I'm just not really satisfied with this. I was wondering, I'm just not enjoying this aspect. Is there something I can do to resolve it? I'd be more likely to do something like that. Yeah. But also, you can't just assume that, I can't assume that they're aware that I'm unhappy. Especially the type of work I do now. It's like if I was unhappy, you know, if I didn't say anything, they wouldn't really know unless I kind of walked around with a bad attitude, which isn't something I typically do. Yeah. That would probably be my first step is just be addressing it. And then if I don't feel like there's a change that could be made there, probably start looking for, you know, other opportunities. Yeah. And finally, do you have any advice for someone dealing with unhappiness at work? Don't assume that that's just the way it has to be. You know, it's one of those things, what's the saying, you know, you never know what will happen if you don't ask yeah. or if you don't try. You might be surprised. You know, even though you kind of at certain times start look at managers as like different, but it's like, no, they're just people just like us. They're feeling the same emotions, the same stress. Yeah. They probably want their employees to be happy. Yeah. I'm sure they do. Or at least to not be unhappy. So when it's within their abilities, they'll probably be willing to make changes. Mm-hmm. Looking back at everything you said, you did something that most people have to do at some point in life. You took a job solely for that paycheck, knowing it didn't cater to your talents or your interests, but you did what you had to do. You know, you got exhausted, you got irritated, your bosses weren't supportive because they were more concerned about meeting that quota of uh, reading electric meters. The North Carolina weather didn't do you any favors, but you didn't use your irritation as an excuse to slack off, though. You know, you held up your end of the bargain. So thank you for sharing that story, Todd. I really appreciate it. To our listeners out there, if you have any questions, comments, or would like to suggest a topic for an upcoming podcast, you can reach us through Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or the Contact Us page at gcflearnfree.org. I'm Clayton, and thanks for listening.